Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I am Jason, a guy who probably has some family members that are struggling somewhere. And I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term recovery. And today we have Brooke with us. Hi, Brooke. Hello. I think it'll be better off if Brooke just describes her own situation. So go ahead and tell us about yourself, Brooke, and why you're here today. Okay. Um, well, obviously, I'm Brooke. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Um, I have a 16-year-old daughter that is in recovery, um, and I'm very active in her recovery to the point where I even go to meetings and um, the extended family is even very active. Um, My in-laws have taken her to a convention. Um, My husband has come to at least a meeting or two. He works a lot, so... It's it's normally mom. I have uh, another daughter who's 12. She's great. We joke around that she's the favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I guess that's pretty much it. Did I miss anything that you want to hear about? Uh, yeah, everything that we're going to ask questions about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is that enough for the beginning, though? Oh, no, that's great. That's okay. great. Uh, so, do you attend every meeting that your daughter goes to? No. No, I don't attend every meeting. Um, in the beginning, I did. Okay. Um, but now that she... Well, she first came in when she was 15. Mm. So, at that point, of course, I had to come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but... Now, she is driving, but she's only allowed to drive if my husband is home because I have a brand new car and she's not driving. (laughs) No, no, no. She's not driving that one. (laughs) So, she does not have her car yet. We are waiting for first report card to find out how she does. And then she'll get her car and then she'll be allowed to drive by herself. Yeah. And let me just say it's super important. It's impressive, you know, as parents that you show up and do that for your kids. Um, we know from all the studies and things that that parent support, that family support is huge in people's success Absolutely. with recovery. Um, when I was a teenager, like say I ended up in my first treatment center at 17. I was already driving, but my parents were never coming to a meeting with me. They were like, nope, that's your thing. You go do that. And it wasn't that they didn't love me. I mean, they put me in treatment and they paid for all that. But they just, they were like, that's your thing. And you go do that. And we don't want nothing to do with it. And they never really understood any of the 12-step process or recovery. They actually, we would do family things and they'd be like, well, you'll be able to drink. We'll just, we're going to have crabs and stuff and you can drink. And it's like, no, mom, I can't. can't. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, that's excellent. You know, it really is going to help you know, go a long way in her recovery. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And she really has come a long way. She Mm. just hit 10 months. Mm. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so proud. I, I just, Ooh, it's like a a weight lifted. Mm. You know what I mean? We're almost a year and 
I, I don't know. I, I was really worried in the beginning, but we seem to be going pretty smoothly right yeah. now. Yeah, we, we got wood. We'll knock yeah. on it. That's yeah, cool. knock on wood. <laughs> now, do you have, are you familiar with like addiction in your family or your husband's family or have you had any histories of that stuff? Yes, we have. I don't really want to get too much into that, yeah. but it's it's in there and she does know about it. Um, and uh, she's also seen those struggling with addiction come back around and do so much better and actually live a fulfilling, healthy, happy life. Just to, to take us back to the version you were, you know, thanking the family to be involved. It's fascinating. And I wonder if this is just like a, a pessimism or a cynicism with the <laughs> no world. But like, no. So I, I guess in my head, like I pictured all these um, very negative reasons for, for someone to have to come to a meeting with their kid. Right. Uh, right. Or, you know, maybe some safety concerns because of the world we live in and how dangerous it is, or, you know, possibly even some other, uh, just, uh, maybe not atypical, you know, attachments in families that maybe aren't so healthy or positive. And like my brain will think of those to the exclusion of all the great, you know, <laughs> wonderful, just involved families. And I'm like, yeah, that's a thing too. I'm glad you said that. Like, there's plenty of like that going on as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, even uh, my husband's brother and our sister-in-law and niece are very active in this. Um, in the very beginning, when she would hit her markers like 30, 60, 90, three months, six months, um, we would all get together and go out to dinner to mm -hmm. celebrate. That's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, we did that. And um, she got to pick the restaurant and, you know, we've been to some nice spots and, you know, other times we've, oh, I don't know, where did we go that one time that we couldn't get in? Um, probably just like Red Robin or something. <laughs> So, but it was still a celebration. Mm. It was still a celebration. So, yeah, the whole family is involved. Even my parents are involved. But they live in Texas, so they can't right. be hands-on like my husband's. Well, and, and what Billy says is absolutely accurate. Like, we know that the more people, the more supporting cast around the person who's trying to recover are supportive and understanding and get what's going on, the outcomes go way up. And well, so it's wonderful. That's that's what we're hoping and praying for. Mm -hmm. So um, it's not a situation where we're keeping it in the closet. She's very open about her recovery and and even does her own little podcast with a girlfriend of hers mm -hmm. that's also in recovery. That's awesome. So, yeah. Oh, what's that? You can plug it for if you want. Um, I would <laughs> love to. Uh, they're on Facebook. Uh, I think it's under Jackie and Elena. They literally just this morning sent me a friend request. Awesome. So I don't think they've Good really done yeah. too much for it. They've taken some videos and done their own little personal interviews where they ask each other questions and uh it's been pretty neat so far, but it they also do videos of them having a great time, completely clean and sober. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's One of the cool. videos showed my daughter jumping off of a pier. 
doing a backflip. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, she's she's still a little nuts, but yeah. <laughs> who isn't? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I'm just not that daredevil, but she is. <laughs> so, were you familiar with like 12 step meetings or any of that before? A little, yeah. 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 And so absolutely. how did that come about as far as like was how there did she get into treatment it? and counseling and then they recommended meetings or did you just know no, what to do or No, this is the, this is what um really surprised me. I was totally shocked. My daughter came out for the the, the second time um from a mental health institution. Um because she had been suicidal. Um, and we had thought at that point that she had stopped using drugs. Well, come to find out, she had not. It was escalating even more. She was admitted, um, and she detoxed there. And when she came home, um, and she had been in therapy for quite a while and on medication for quite a while, and, uh, well, it wasn't working because she had not stopped using. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but this time she gets out of the hospital and she decides that she wants to do better, not just for her family this time. Um, cause you know, she went into it with the thought of, oh, my parents are so disappointing, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, which I'm sure there there was a level of disappointment there of course i mean sure. it crushed yeah. me as a parent you know you immediately think what did i do wrong mm-hmm. um but she got out of the hospital and came to me within a few days and said mom i think i want to do na so it was all her idea mm-hmm. um and i i suppose i was just still processing everything that was happening, you know, with what's the next step? How do I help her? And blah, blah, blah. And she comes to me with the answer of, I want to do NA. So we uh, absolutely got on board and her very first meeting. Now you asked me a second ago about, do I go to every meeting? Well, the first meeting was actually here we didn't know it was going to be a men's meeting do you remember that (laughs) yeah Yeah, we were here for that one or you were here for that one and um she did not want me to stay Hmm. and i said let me just safety issue (laughs) let me just make sure everything's okay and then i very smart by the way (laughs) yeah i will go outside and wait in the car once i feel comfortable with you being alone Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what I did. Um, And it was in the dead of winter, and it was freezing outside. So here I am in the car. Now, granted, I did have it running, but it was still, you know, it was still pretty cold. (laughs) So I told her, I was like, I'm not staying in the car ever again. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, okay. Hmm. So, yeah, that's how that all got into into the swing of things with... Hmm. Not only me bringing her to meetings, but actually attending. All right, Billy. So you're taking your 15-year-old daughter to her first NA meeting, and you walk into a men's meeting, <laughs> and she says, can you wait in the car? What are you doing? <laughs> are you going in the car, or are you staying? Uh, I'm probably, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm staying. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure. It depends on the kid. 
<sighs> See, I would say my older kid, I would probably stay. My younger one, I would probably leave. Hmm. Just because she's a little more independent and a little more. Yeah, Elena's, Elena's pretty independent. Um, I mean, you've you've met her. Yeah. Um, she's quite the little spitfire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and she's, you know, the the thing is, she's incredibly smart, incredibly smart. As my mother in law likes to say, being smart is not her problem. <laughs> And that's most addicts. I mean, that was yeah. always my problem. You know, I was honor student and straight A's yep. and all that in Absolutely. school. Absolutely. And that was my justification to my parents was like, well, look, I get good grades and I do what I'm supposed to do. And at the time I had a job and I have a job. So just leave me alone and let me do what I'm doing. I wasn't quite doesn't sound like in the same crisis. I wasn't suicidal at that point. No, as a matter so. of fact, she wants to get a job. And my husband and I keep telling her no, yeah. at least for right now. In the thick of coming around and um, getting into NA was her sophomore year, and she struggled quite a bit with school, whereas her freshman year and all the years prior, she was basically a straight-A student, maybe a B here and there. Um, but as soon as she detoxed and started with NA, she was struggling with balance. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, and I, it took a long time to get through to her that, you know, yes, recovery comes first. Absolutely, recovery comes first. But you have other responsibilities as well. You can't put everything to the wayside, um, like school, you know. She goes to she's a very privileged young lady. She goes to a girl's private Catholic school. You know, it was, it was getting close that if she was going to continue down this path, we were going to yank her from the school. You know, we're not going to pay for you to mess around like that. Right. That's not going to happen. So anyway, she uh, struggled there for a while, but this year, we have very, very high hopes for junior year that, you know, now she's had that summer to do everything she needed to and come back into the school year, which starts, I think, on Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. School starts Wednesday. Yeah. Woo! Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, she's she's really looking forward to this year. It's it's going to be a big year. We're going to be looking at colleges. Mm -hmm. We're you yeah. know, it's it's going to be a big year. So she's excited. She's really excited, and she's gung ho with studying. Um, although I have to say that little stinker's not quite done with all of her summer work yet. <laughs> so procrastination not always a good thing. <laughs> okay. uh, I. I feel like I don't hold any family members responsible for knowing this because I feel like, you know, a good portion of the members of Narcotics Anonymous probably don't know this, but there's actually meeting designations that are different for meetings that family members are welcomed at and 
ones yeah. where they're maybe not open. so yeah. welcome. Yeah, open meetings. And yeah, closed open meetings, versus yeah. closed. Yeah. Right, and and I don't feel like we ever talk about that on our schedule. It's just a little O or a little C right, right. there next right. to the title. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, so an open meeting, anybody is welcome to attend. Exactly. And then a closed meeting is for people who struggle with the problem um, uh, of disordered drug use. And, you mm -hmm. know, specifically addicts only. Right. And so, I, you know, a family member might not know that. And if you are a family member that attends every meeting your child goes to, you might want to oh, yeah. look into that. But even a lot of times people at the meeting won't even know the difference, honestly. Yeah. But, most people probably wouldn't even know what their meetings listed as on the schedule. Right. <laughs> It, well, and we we actually were paying attention. Awesome. Um, she started NA with Zoom because it was in the mm -hmm. middle of the pandemic. The um, meetings at that time were not in person. So she started in Zoom and uh, I think they call it a Zoom baby. For <laughs> NA, <laughs> she's always saying something about being a Zoom baby. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's kind of cool. But uh, no, she's attended some meetings online in the Zooms um, that were closed. Hmm. And I knew I couldn't be in that room. Wow. Hmm. So, that would make it a little easier, though. That would eliminate some of the safety concerns right. that I would have. Because I remember I always tell this story. My daughter was probably 14 or so, and she was at horseback riding lessons and i was like oh, i'll just pick her up and i'll go right to my home group and i'll just have her she can sit in the back and do whatever and we right. went in there and within 15 minutes i can't remember it seemed like the most inappropriate conversation and the most inappropriate place to have her and we left <laughs> like i was like i cannot have my kid in this meeting you know this is Terrible. Some of the topics get left. very intense. Yeah. Some of them are sexual in nature, um, which, you know, is, is a part of life. And it's a part of, you know, every aspect of life, whether you're in recovery or you're not. And there's some very sensitive topics that get discussed, like abuse, assaults. Trauma. You know, trauma. Yeah, yeah, a lot of trauma. trauma. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But I think the biggest one is death. And she lost a friend recently mm. took that pretty hard took that pretty hard and she's also had people that she knows go back out and she took that pretty hard too but she's getting exposed to so much it is a lot it's a lot to a 16 year old and 15 when she first came in of course you know at first i wasn't even sure exactly how to handle it and she would kind of shut down a little bit and then I realized that that's how she processes things she's got to center herself and acceptance all over again you know unfortunately this is what happened and this is the result of it and you know it's 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 a lot for a kid to take in at that age yeah. And I think in general, we tend to look at teenagers and our children and think that we are here to protect them or shield them from these things that and are in can. the world and that that's our job. And I don't know, as my kids have gotten older, I've realized that's not really what I can do. Well, I can do that, but I don't right. know that that's what's most helpful. What's most helpful is that I'm there as a support or like a, hopefully a guidepost or a, a resource that they can come to as these yeah. things come up. Exactly. Because like saying, I imagine getting into 
meetings of any kind, NA, AA, but going to 12-step meetings or even being in like mental health facilities. Like yeah. once you get into that world, you're opening up a lot of very adult conversations and topics. Oh, <laughs> like absolutely. It really is exposing you to a lot of things that we hope our kids won't have to deal with till they're older, but unfortunately they come. I know, which there comes into play my 12-year-old mm-hmm. who has been exposed to quite a bit at a very young age. And I really and truly wish that she did not have to deal with any of this either because she, she's seen her sister go through the whole thing, um, manic phases and, you know, getting her to calm down. And, you know, unfortunately there are some times where there's yelling involved and, you know, I, I try my hardest not to yell and it normally works. You know, normally I can talk to her and rationalize things with her, but I have to get her to calm down first and then, you know, things will go smoother. But there's been a lot of difficult conversations in that house. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, you, you mentioned showing up for the meeting and you had to drive her because she couldn't drive yet. And that was part of your reasoning for, you know, I'm not going to sit in the cold car. I'm just going to be at these meetings with you. No, that was my reason to get into the meetings. Okay. (laughs) And then, and then Billy's given the, uh, you know, the version of the family members just being involved and getting in the know and being a part of. So that's probably a portion of of why you would want to be in the meetings. And then there's, you know, uh, I don't want to put this on anybody, but I would be worried about who my kid is talking to and what they're telling them and how what kind of relationships are being formed. We've been using nice language, calling that safety concerns. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's be real. Yes. I would be worried about my child being taken advantage of. What kind of crazies are in there? Right. Right. Yeah. And predators. What kind of percentages did you feel about your desire to attend? Like what, if we know that all these are parts of our decision making, like what kind of percentages would you put on each of those? Was Mm. it like? 33% 33% each, or is it like big safety concerns? And, <laughs> and Oh, well, it, you know, as, as a mom and as, as a parent, um, the biggest concern is always safety, mm-hmm. always safety. And if I know where she is, what she's doing and who she's with, then I have a better chance of being successful as a parent. So that's, that is the ultimate concern. But I also wanted to get to know the people that she was associating with. You know, I have, I have a big thing. If you can't look me in the eye, I don't care how old you are. You could be 12 years old or you could be 95. If you can't look me in the eye, immediately my red flags are going. Hmm. So, um, and recently she introduced me to someone that really didn't. It turns out that the kid's painfully shy, like painfully shy. But I even told her, I'm like, mm-mm. No, I, I I don't care for this. Couldn't even look at me. And, you know, the people that only speak when they're spoken to, you know, she's, there's a lot of uh, aspects of it that, you know, I just, I want to know what's going on. I, it's not that I need to know everybody's hairy sordid details. It's not, it's not that, but I have to know where she is. I have to know what she's doing and I have to know that she's safe. Right. And just due to the autonomous nature of the program, I mean, there are certain things that you don't know about people. So you can't look like we don't necessarily know everyone's last name. So you can't 
you know, check the, yeah, right, check, the check the registry. <laughs> no, you can't. But there's there's another reason um, that you didn't touch on. Okay. And this was one of my biggest reasons. Um, I wanted to learn from everybody else in the room sharing. I wanted to learn the best way to handle and talk to my daughter. Wow. That's a really awesome reason. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that brought up. So in. So I've learned Nar- a lot. Yeah. <laughs> in Narcotics Anonymous, we have an IP uh, and it's called For the Parents or Guardians of Young People in NA. I don't know. Did you have you ever seen that or did you look at it at all? Yeah. Um, I, I read it. I would think. I didn't find it very useful or helpful that no. much. <laughs> I didn't really either. Right. Um, I think there was one section. It, there it is right oh, there. Oh, they got one over there. Okay, uh, yeah. There's two of them. The one for parents and uh, by young addicts for young addicts. Yeah. Um, I've read both of them. And uh, yeah, I didn't really learn anything. <laughs> They're lacking. Yeah. Well, well, and the first thing I thought is it doesn't seem like they really talk to parents. <laughs> it seems like they just wrote this, it like, hey, this is what a sponsor is and this is what meetings are and like all these <laughs> basic things that are helpful to anyone, but right. that aren't specific to young people. Right. And then they didn't really address any of the issues that might be more relevant to young people. Like, hey, there's a lot of adults here. <laughs> you know, how do right. we navigate those situations? What can a youth do to to build different relationships. And that's that's one of the biggest problems right now. There's not a lot going on specifically geared towards the youth within mm-hmm. NA or even any type of recovery center. Um, like the local ones, they don't offer recovery for teens. They only do it for adults. Yeah. So it's, it's really just a, a mental institution and they'll keep you in there until they know you're safe and, you know, potentially detox. Right. So. And that is a resource that has been recognized as lacking within the state and in yeah. this immediate community. Yeah. Um, Ashley, Father Martin's Ashley over in Harford County just opened up a teen. I mean, just opened up like really? this week. It's a clubhouse for uh-huh. teens of either in addiction or in families of addiction. Okay. Um, I don't know much about the program, but it's through Father Martin's Ashley. Um, And then there's a recovery high school in, gosh, it's out towards like Western Maryland. Okay. Um, And it's specifically a high school for people in recovery. I know uh, Voices of Hope has been looking into some of that, trying to start a recovery high school in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is definitely a resource that is very, very lacking of well, addressing that, that, period. I think that the reason is because it's widely considered to be an adult problem. Right. But it's not. You know, it's it's really not. I mean, for example, my daughter started when she was 11 years old. Mm. And wow. kept it very yeah. well hidden for quite a while. Very and that was me. Well. I, I started at 12 and I was, I mean, I was in full blown active addiction by 17. I was using every day, you know, mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, I ended up in my first treatment center by 17 and same. It was like, even amongst like my parents and I think even professionals, there was like this idea that you can just like grow up out of this you can just start oh, it's just being a phase reti- right and it wasn't <laughs> no it's i don't not think just it was looked phase. at it's like no this is the same thing it's just already 
advanced, you know, right. yeah, like early stages of cancer. Like, no, it's already here. Now we got to address it. Now just we're in like stage we would, four. Right. <laughs> anyone else? And I, I think for a lot of adults, it's easy to say, oh, you can, you can still get, you know, turn into a regular adult. We can break this of you without addressing like that the mental aspects of addiction. Yeah. This episode has been brought to you in part by Voices of Hope Inc., a nonprofit recovery organization made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, members strive to protect the dignity of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, harm reduction and support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopemaryland.org and consider donating to our calls. I did want to take us back when you were talking about feeling safer with the, the Zoom meeting being closed. Uh, I, you know, it made me think of a time when I was uh, interacting with my daughter a little differently and like we had very much limited her ability to contact friends or people on social media because she was kind of a, a flight risk to us at the time. And the way we were addressing that was to try to remove ways for her to have opportunities to do that. Right. So I would feel just as, you know what I mean? Like with all that was going on, she was a risk for suicide and a risk for disappearing. Like I wouldn't feel any better leaving her alone <laughs> in a closed meeting in a room in my house. That would have felt just as risky, I guess, in some ways. Hmm. So that runs its own risk, depending on what mental health challenges are accompanying. Right. You know, and my daughter wasn't going to any NA meetings or anything like that. But just like if if that would have been the situation for me, it's like that wouldn't have, that wouldn't have been safe. Yeah. <laughs> so how have you felt uh, Narcotics Anonymous or 12 Step Fellowship? Like, do you, how, how do you feel that that's been working? What have been some of the benefits? What for you more and for her. I mean, bad. besides her, but <laughs> 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 for you, what do you think of that? You know, the meetings and stuff and how has that helped? Well, you know, they, they address more than just addiction. Yeah. They actually give a lot of really good life advice. Mm -hmm. The principles, those are great things. And Elaine is working on them and her defects so um but she started so young and she's she said this before she, because she started at such an early age she had not developed all of her own personal defects right so now she's discovering them mm -hmm. and that's been kind of interesting too because in the in the thick of conversations every once in a while She'll get all upset and I'll have to say, look, this is something that we have to work on because this is obviously, and, and when I speak to her, I quote things from out of the, uh, the text. You know? And I hate to say that probably gives a parent a little more credibility because it's easy to be like your parents and say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what it's like to be right. me. You don't know what I'm going through. Uh -huh. But when I it's coming from, the meetings, coming, to the meetings. It's coming from somebody else, you know, it's somebody else. Saying it. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's really helpful. And she's she's told me before, Mom, you have no idea what you're talking about. Right. And I'm like, sure. OK, <laughs> why don't you go call, you know, so and so on your uh, 
on your contact list and your in your circle and and see what they have to say. Well, let's just say <laughs> mom was right quite often. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. But you know, as as a parent, you don't want to really say, "I told you so." Other times, you do kind of want to say that. <laughs> I, I'm kind of curious in your attending meetings with some, you know, normalcy and regularity. And, and I don't think either of these is bad, even though I feel like one kind of feels like it has more of a negative connotation. But I, I'm just curious: Do you feel more like? you've made your own friendships within the program with people or do you feel more like just kind of token mom that's in the room? You know, everybody's like appreciative of you, but it's not really strong connections. A little bit of both. Okay. It's, it's actually a little bit of both. You know, when we first started going into the meetings, Elena would say, hi, I'm Elena, loud and proud, you know, and then she'd look at me, oh, this is mom. So the funny thing is, is that there are still people that I see on a regular basis that don't actually know that my name is Brooke. <laughs> they just literally call me mom. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for a while there, I would constantly hear someone in the middle of a meeting trying to get my attention. Mom. Mom. <laughs> and I would finally turn around and say, what's up, babe? <laughs> and there, there have actually been... A few members with NNA who have basically adopted me as a mother, which is, is you know, that, that warms my heart because obviously there's something going on that I'm doing that is comforting to them. And, and some people just really need a great big warm hug. Mm. Yes. You know, and I don't give half hugs. You get a hug from me, it's going to be a hug. It's not going to be, oh, hey, eh. No, it's going to be a hug. That's awesome. Yeah. So well, Obviously, so, NA's huggers, so. Right. Yeah, right I'm place. in the right spot. <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I mean, I'm a personal believer in the healing power of, of hugs or, or, you know, I say intimate touch. I feel like everybody thinks sex when I say no. that. But just this idea, you know, just. <laughs> Meaningful, you know, right. purposeful. Exactly. Yeah. Something shared between two people that, that has a connecting factor to it. You know, I'm curious. So my, my father, uh, before he passed, and this was a, quite a long time ago, or in the early days of my recovery, he would he would get annoyed with some of the like program stuff I'd come home with and some of our sayings and, you know, I guess how you some think of... think it was all crap? <laughs> well, it's not so much that it was all crap, I guess, but early on it was like, I, I guess I changed and bought in quickly. And so like he, you know, he would call it a cult and, you know, say they were brainwashing me and all thinking, that. Time takes time, dad. I'll get to the <laughs> lawn when I can. <laughs> well, I have to say I was, I was slightly taken aback when it, during the meetings, it, all of a sudden, you know, a new person would introduce themselves and everybody would say, welcome, keep coming back. It works if you live it. I mean, and it was all like in this monotone sound. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, I was kind of taken, a, you know, taken aback by that, but it 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 was funny at first, and then you know, of course, I just started doing it. Right. You know, it's it it just it was part of the routine, and who doesn't love a routine? That's well, let me just tell you work. that. Yeah, that's how <laughs> right? cults work. 
and that stuff has gotten worse over the years. So I've been around a while, and we never like now. There's chanting through the whole thing. It's a little bit obnoxious, actually. I'm like, this is like a bad Sandra Bullock movie, <laughs> like oh with gosh. all the chanting and shit. Like we gotta <laughs> knock this off. Yeah, it's a, it can be a little weird. Yeah. So I mean that 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 I thought was kind of interesting, but you know, I I I adapted. <laughs> You know? Well, I guess I was wondering, too, like, he was on the outside, right? So when I'm coming home spouting this N.A. cliches and stuff at him, like, he's like, what is all this bullshit he's throwing at me, right? <laughs> right. Whereas you're, from attending meetings, you're on the inside. So you're hearing the stories and the cliches as yeah. they work, right? And as they're happening in people's lives. I was just curious, does that feel like uh, it's easier to buy in when doing it that way? And maybe even like in that question, have you heard anything in a meeting where you're like, that sounds like some bullshit? <laughs> well, I hear a lot of that. Oh, my goodness. It, well, it, it wasn't even so much like a buy-in. It was, like I said, I went with the, the biggest idea of learning. And as I was learning, I was, you know, of course, picking up all the tidbits and how to deal with my daughter. You know, there there have been some interesting characters, to say the <laughs> least. And, uh, you know, of course, me personally, I'm, I'm like, I wonder what's really going on with them. Is it more than just addiction? <laughs> yes. yes. So, <laughs> so, yes, all it, spectrums of mental yeah, health. To, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I've run into sch some uh, schizophrenics and, unmedicated mm. and uh that sort of thing so that that's always kind of interesting you know yeah. you just have to take it easy and take it slow when you're when you're dealing with people that you don't know and you know just as long as they know that you're not out to get them it's fine yeah there's one guy that we run into all the time and uh i just always give him a great big hug yeah, that's even more more challenging than I guess what I was thinking of in my head of of who you run into or what you hear in a meeting. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, Ooh, that could be a lot. Have you shared at a meeting yet? No. Okay. Um, and uh, it, I've been told that I would be allowed to share. You have read readings. I have. That's done... actually how I learned your name because I didn't know your name either until you did a reading one time. I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, he probably was one of the ones that thought my name was Mom. Um... Mom, do you want to come on the episode for us? Sure. No, I haven't uh, because I have the mindset that doing this is all for Elena, it's all for Elena, and as as a parent, and you know, the the rest of our family feels the same way. We will do anything and everything within our reasonable power mm -hmm. to assist, guide, help, anything that we can do for her. So my sharing versus not sharing at a meeting, I've never really even contemplated hmm. sharing just because, you know, what, what am I going to share about? Right. It would involve my daughter or, you know, family and, uh, some things that my daughter may not even know about or be aware of. And, hmm. you know, so that's why I have my own therapist. Right. 
<laughs> and that was going to be one of my questions is, do you have your own sort of recovery or do you have like supports through like, there's a couple different ones. I'm just going to throw them out there for like as much advertising as like anything. That. Yeah, there's Al-Anon, there's Naranon meetings, which right. are the Narcotics, Narcotics Anonymous version of that. Um, there's another great resource in Maryland. It's called the Marilition Coalition of Families. Oh. They uh, That's not really 12-step based. That's right. more of they help you with resources with either people that are using, whether that's trying to get treatment, help, mental health, all sorts of things. This is another great resource. But therapist, you know, something. Like I think it's important I've for the therapy family. I've got therapy and medication. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> but in the beginning, I will tell you, it was really rocky. Mm-hmm. I, I um, hadn't had a panic attack in years and I had a couple in the beginning and that of course is freaky in itself. So right. got over that. And uh, for the most part, my medication just helps with everything throughout. So, and I haven't even really had to use any of the, uh, rescue medications mm-hmm. so and i do keep one on hand right i'm curious um i guess when i was thinking about this episode i was thinking of reasons why people might be at a meeting with their child mm-hmm. beyond the the security Obviously. and safety things we've thought about and, and it made me think of something i've been looking at more in my own life uh and with people this idea of like an unhealthy over attachment to our kids, right? And it's kind of this idea that's been passed down. No, no, I don't along. like her that much. <laughs> <laughs> it's been passed down from our parents to us, right? Like our parents made us feel responsible for our parents' feelings, right. right? I'm angry and you need to alter your behavior in order for me to be happy. And so then we carry that on to our kids and then it makes a world full of people pleasers and blah, 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 blah. Anyway. From a totally non-judgmental place, like this is just what I was thinking, like something I'm looking at in my own life. But I was wondering, like, how would you even know that about yourself? Or or, or like, I guess you would have to know that your motivation for attending the meetings is is making sure your kid is happy or something. I I don't know. I don't even know how that would exactly play into that. But I just thought it was an interesting thought about it. Do you have any thoughts about that? Or Well, I mean, of course, for safety is number one. Um, but I want to be involved in her life. And I feel that if I am more involved in her life and I experience a lot of the different aspects of her life in Mm. person, then I'm better able to help her. Um, but recently, um, I have been a little bit more relaxed in letting her attend meetings by herself. When she first got out of the hospital, she wasn't allowed to go anywhere, do anything, see anybody without me, her father, or my in-laws. Mm. And that lasted for a very long time because we had to work on building the trust back. Right. And truth be told, I hated doing that. Mm. But I had to make sure that she was safe. I had to make sure that she wasn't exposing herself to people, situations, places that, you know, all the nouns that could be a factor to have a relapse. Right. But then once I started getting more comfortable with her choices, she was really growing as a person. And once I started seeing that growth, and my husband was the same way, we started loosening the reins a little bit, a little bit at a time. Um, 
because you know there's there's no reason that she shouldn't be able to at the age of 16 being a, a legal driver she's legally allowed to drive by herself um but not until we get that report card back right. <laughs> but you know we we would love to be able to say all right honey here's the keys have a great time <laughs> tell everybody i said hi right. Right. you know <laughs> but for a long time we were not comfortable as a family giving her too much freedom. We kind of set it up as being like a halfway house. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Lots of restrictions, um, but even more so because of her age. You had brought up she was the one that initiated going to meetings. Yes. Was, and it seems like now you guys get along pretty good with most of that, but was she okay with you coming to all the meetings in the beginning, or was that something you kind of had to push and now she's just gotten okay with it. Um, well, when she first started coming, she was still in that phase of not being allowed to go anywhere without a family member. So she had to accept the fact that one of us was going to be going. If she wanted to go. Yeah. yeah. Well, absolutely. And then, you know, she's she still even goes through phases where she's like, you know, just her little bouts of depression. Um, I don't want to say little as in I'm making it seem insignificant. but. Right. Um, but she goes through like these periods where she's really down in the dumps and anybody that suffers from depression or anxiety, um, I do as well as does she, no matter what medication you're on, how long you've been on the medicine, you still go through those cycles and she will go through those cycles. And I start really paying attention. I don't mind if she misses a meeting here and there, but at one point she was missing a few meetings. And then I finally said, nope, we're going to a meeting. And she looked at me and she's very angrily said, you cannot force recovery on me. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, you're absolutely right. But what I can do, because you're a minor, is make you go to the meeting and take your cell phone so that you can't be on there ignoring everything going on. She's like, you can't take my phone. Yes, I can. Oh, absolutely, I can. And, you know, she, like, held it away from me. I said, I will have that phone turned off in five minutes. I just have to call Dad. And she was like, oh, you know. And she would go into the meeting. And I'm sure you've seen her at some of the meetings where she's just not her usual bubbly self. Guaranteed that was one of the meetings I took her phone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I guess that's sort of where I was coming from as far as if we were, say, given some advice to other parents like was that an area where you really had to push with her to say like yes i'm going to these meetings with you and i am you know this is like i'm going to be actively involved in your recovery because like for me i didn't have a great relationship with my parents at that point and i probably wouldn't have wanted them to come i'd have been like no you can't come with me i would be so embarrassed (laughs) 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 well i've always had a good relationship with her, even when she was using and I didn't know it. Mm. She's always been able to talk to me. It's now to the point where a lot of her friends will say, let me talk to mom about blah, blah, blah. And it's, it makes me feel kind of good. And as a matter of fact, the other day, one of her, one of her friends, he said, you know what? I think I really want to talk to mom about this. (laughs) (laughs) So, 
you know, and it's, 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 it's good. I mean, they need an adult to be able to come to that they're comfortable with safe. and yeah, safe. Safety. And, you know, there's only one time that I contacted a parent with something that I found out and, uh, it was life threatening. For the most part, you come to me, I'm a vault. But if there's a safety issue, that's different. Do you feel like, because uh, this is what I thought you were saying, and I just want to make sure I heard you okay. correct, that you were attending meetings because you want to know more because you want to know how to relate and talk to your daughter. And what I took out of that was that, like, you know, in a family therapy setting, the the scapegoat child, the one who we, we put all the blame on, right, the the bad kid or whatever, takes all the flack but the theory is that like really it's the family system that's kind of running in a way that's not quite as functional as it needs to be and the the kid who's having the struggles is really like the mouthpiece calling out for help like hey we're not operating right and everybody else is just kind of ignoring it and playing their role i'm curious for me what i heard when you said i want to learn more and be able to communicate with her was like this shift to help her is going to require our whole family system to really change yes. in ways, yes. not just the recovering person. And I love that. I think it's beautiful. And I was just wondering if you wanted to maybe share some of the ways that you've noticed the different members of the family, like shifting and changing in this new dynamic. Absolutely. Uh, one of the biggest changes, I have to say, my husband is a loudmouth Italian <laughs> and he grew up with loudmouth Italian New Yorkers as parents. Mm. So learning how to dial it down, <laughs> <laughs> that was key. That was definitely key. And, you know, for the most part, I always stay very even keeled. It, it does take a lot for me to get really upset. So both of my daughters, including my husband, they know if I actually raise my voice, it's serious. <laughs> but like I said, for the most part, we talk to her. And that's not been the easiest for my husband. It's been a challenge, you know, because he's, that's not what he grew up with. And, you know, when, when you are taught from a very early age that this is normal, it's hard to break that cycle. Absolutely. And I grew up with a lot of noise in the household. <laughs> so when I had children, I decided, okay, you know, we don't need to have all that yelling. Mm. And luckily, my husband agreed, but um, it took him a while to get on board with, you know, you're, you're going to get a lot further having a conversation and being a, a rational, even keeled conversation right. than if you just flip shit. It's true. And I do get through to her much better talking, hmm. just talking and allowing her to talk to me, listening. Right. Yeah. Now that's a key piece. I yeah. feel like a lot of, and, and I'm not just criticizing parents, like this is me too, right? Like a lot of my parenting earlier on in my kids' lives was definitely, I didn't even hear or have validation or respect for much of what they were saying no i had shit i needed to get done right you need to get your shoes on and we need to get to the store and i don't care how you feel and there are times yeah. where i do have to put my foot down and say this is what we are doing this is not up for debate it's not up for discussion we have to do this now but that's not the norm right 
So if I do take that path, they know that it's serious. It's more of talking and listening, not dictating. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for parents, at least, you know, speaking from my experience, the hardest part of that was like, this kid already looked like they were struggling to make any good decisions in their life. So how do I step back and have any trust that they've got to be a part of the solution? Because they do, because they got to buy in. They do. Absolutely. And, and if it's something they don't want and you just try to put it on them, they don't want nothing to do with that shit and they'll rebel till the end. So it's like, how do I, but how do I put any stock in you being a part of the solution when you've made such horrible decisions already? <laughs> well, and that's why, that's why in the very beginning we were on lockdown mm -hmm. with her. We were on complete and total lockdown with her. Um, and she gradually started becoming more responsible and more respectful. And we would have conversations of how can I earn your trust back? And I just kept telling her, I have to see your behavior is changing. Mm. I said, I can't put a time on that. I can't mark that on the calendar that, you know, on this day, that's when everything's going to change and you can go and do whatever you want. We still have a lot of uh, restrictions on her in that if I don't know the person, the answer is no. Hmm. And that's, that's the biggest thing. That is the absolute biggest thing. If I don't know them, the answer is no. You got to introduce me to them and I got to spend some time with them. Mm -hmm. They better look me in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> and and this is another time when I guess for me, it's just like this remembering and relearning that this is why recovery supports and programs need to be so individualized because one size doesn't fit all, right? Yeah. We struggled with my own daughter and we put all the lockdowns and everything and restrictions in place and nothing helped like it kept going worse and worse and worse and escalating and suicide attempts and hospitals and you know uh checking her into places and yeah well and, nothing worked until she detoxed well well what ended up happening for us was we had to like totally let my daughter go and live with a friend and look live your own fucking life do whatever you want and then there was and like when you're ready i'll be here Kind of, sort of, yeah. and there was this painful separation and then going through the pain of that and then getting to the other side of that and accepting more that, like, her life looked better and this, that, and the other and portions of what worked for her, which is cannabis use. I, I don't know how to explain it, but, I mean, what I can say is through saying it's not my way anymore. She is now back in our house. We've taken vacations with her. She's a fucking lovable person again, and I want to be around her, and it's like... I'm supporting her and going for her medical marijuana card because why the fuck not? What she's doing is working. But like I had to buy into her method of recovery. Honestly, that's like my method was, no, we're going to restrict you and punish you till we get what the fuck behavior we want. And that wasn't working. And so but it's like just the different modes, right? You're getting well, success from some of that. And yeah, I well, was and there 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 were a, f a couple of points that I differed from with my husband, mm. but he was able to talk me through because I would have been a heck of a lot more strict than him. <laughs> I mean, I, I really would have. Right. I would have just put her in a box <laughs> right, right. with cushions. I used to actually say that about my kids. I used to, when my kids were young, I would say, if my kids ever get into addiction, I will physically handcuff them to the bed and I won't let them do anything until we get through it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> like, I don't know what get through it meant, but. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and our biggest issue that I was very, very much against was her smoking. Mm. You know very well she smokes. That's not how I wanted that to happen. <laughs> but we did a lot of reading and, you know, talked to a lot of different people. And it was, it had to be drilled into my head, okay, that it was a bad idea to get her to quit smoking and give up all of the drugs all at the same time. Sort of like pick your battles. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, people at the meetings would even say to me, you let her smoke? <laughs> and I said, well, she's no longer a suicidal drug addict, so right. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, I even that's had... one of the dangers of the meeting. People would say stupid shit. <laughs> I, it, well, yeah, and I've heard some Good really stupid shit. for you, though, for shit. standing up for yourself. That's, oh, absolutely. That's yeah. A backbone is not something I have a problem with. <laughs> and and that's also my daughter. She definitely has a backbone. Um, sometimes she's got to tone it down a little. But no, so that was that was definitely a source of contention. It was definitely an issue, and I finally am the I had to cave on that one. Right, but I was I was still not completely on board, and now it's like I'm on step one acceptance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, navigating parenting for me, and and I'm sure there's people who would criticize the beliefs I'm starting to come to, but like it's definitely starting to lean more and more towards. I'm not some dictator in charge of this person. And really, like, they're their own person, man. I'm here to, yeah. like, help yeah, guide them. By the time and, they get 15, 16, I think. Yeah, it's not going to look like what I want them to look like. They are a fucking person. They're yeah, going to be the them. the roses are out yeah. of season now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. and, it, and that's the hardest thing with parenting. If you read enough books, you'll hear contradictory stuff. And, like, even at meetings. Like, if you would got her to quit smoking, you'd hear the same, what, you made her quit smoking? How dare you? That's such a terrible thing so it doesn't matter what right. you do yeah. someone's gonna have some opinion as to like this would be better that would be you know well and and i did take it a step further because i know she's a smoker for her to be able to get through a day of school i got her nicotine gum mm. and it works she's not allowed to have it yeah. at school so one of the teachers actually because they think it's a stupid rule told her get one of those mint uh containers like the um hmm. icebreakers yeah. or whatever mm -hmm. and put them all in there and it'll look like you're just taking a mint <laughs> so that wasn't my idea i didn't like the idea of her you know sneaking it at school and that sort of thing but at the same time what are you going to do? Right, I mean, right. she can't right. go psycho at school right. because she's going through <laughs> nicotine <laughs> withdrawal. <laughs> so, like I said, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that have happened that I would not wish on anybody. Anybody. Mm -hmm. But now there's a lot of really beautiful things happening. Mm -hmm. You know, she's coming into her own. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. As a parent, you want to keep them cute and cuddly for as long as you can, right? Well, you know, they do eventually get to be 16. And it's good to see her making so much better choices. She's been spending a lot of time with other members of NA. Nine times out of ten, anytime she says, I want to go hang out with so-and-so, the answer is yes. 
because I know so-and-so. Every once in a while, I'm like, no, honey, not that, no, no. And we end up having to have a conversation about it. And normally that's okay. Normally. Every once in a while, she'll, she'll question me. But why, mom? But why? Well, you know, mom has a sixth sense about some of these things. And yeah. and they say trust that stuff, too. Exactly. Trust your, feelings. <laughs> trust your instincts. Yeah. Um, and I'm a firm believer in that, too. So she had to get a, a small dose of what I was talking about. And after one of her friends uh, went back out, I said, you know, this is why I didn't want you around that particular person because I didn't feel that it was a gung-ho N.A. type of situation. And she said, okay, well, do me a favor. Don't tell me about that sixth sense again. (laughs) 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 And I said, okay, you know, I I won't tell you that that I've got a bad feeling, but I've always trusted my instincts. Always. You know, uh, going back to something else you said, it's like my least favorite piece of information to ever share with anybody, including myself, because I hate to hear it as well. But this idea that, you know, without uh, sour, sweet doesn't taste the same, right? Oh, yeah. And, and like you mentioned having all these beautiful moments now and just thinking about like, even in my life, how did those low points really make me reevaluate and be aware and see more of these beautiful times that I probably would have glossed over if we wouldn't have had those struggles to begin with. You know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, she got really low, really, really low. I mean, I was, I was terrified at one point, well, multiple points, but <laughs> once I started seeing the change, it was, it was like, this is my baby back, mm. you know, granted she's 16 now, but right. my kid, this is my girl. There's life in him again. There's, yeah, you know, and it's just the, the, the small things, you know, like getting together and going out for dinner with the family to celebrate, you know, right. she's got 60 days, right. you know, I mean, that, that feels good. It feels fantastic and it should never be poo-pooed by anyone. Right. You know what I mean? Now she had also struggled with, um, People telling her she didn't belong in N.A. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, that's terrible. Oh. People in N.A. saying that? People in N.A. telling her you don't belong here. Absolutely. That was really upsetting. The first time it happened was in the the Zoom meetings. And this one particular guy told her, you know, you need to get off of here and go do your homework. Wow. Yeah, that's terrible. Isn't that horrible? I mean, I know some people now you know one young lady i think she's got eight or nine years now but she came in when she was 16 or 17 and you know she's doing great you know my wife got clean when she was 18 and now she's 30 some years in recovery i mean it's important you know people don't need to suffer using no matter how young you are (laughs) it doesn't matter your age your race your sexual identity, your your religious beliefs, nothing, none of that matters. Yeah. If you feel as though you belong, then you do. Right. Yeah. And I'm glad you stuck around. I mean, we need that, those, you know, we need people that stick around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. the pioneers or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And 
not too long ago, as a matter of fact, we found out that someone locally was saying that, you know, she didn't belong. Mm -hmm. And a couple of the other members, I never found out who it was that was saying this, but um, a few of the the other members um, got together and apparently intervened on Elena's behalf. I have no idea what they said, how they handled it, or anything along those lines, but she never heard anything like that again. But Well, we used to actually have a meeting over in Harford County. It was called Youth in Recovery, and it was a young person's meeting yeah. for people. I think it was like 25 and under or something like that. I mean, they obviously people could still go, but the general right. idea was it was for young people in recovery because they do have some unique or different challenges and, and yes. things that they have to go through and deal with as any, you know, special interest meetings would have. Yes. Yeah. It's just terrible. People would say things like that. Right. We're like the I spot know. where the misfits fit sometimes, yeah. like the first place we feel at home and you're going to kick somebody right. out of that. What the why we have these traditions and why. Yeah. You know, yeah. Ugh. Absolutely. No, she, uh, and she was, she was really rather distraught. I mean, she, she really just was. And it, it took a lot of talking to her and calming her down and <laughs> well right i mean so you take a person who who has struggled with substances at all in our lives like we're already people who question who we are <laughs> right. and then you take a teenager who's already the time of life when you're questioning who you are <laughs> and then you're gonna like mm. don't put your own opinions on it let them figure it out i know I well know. the other part of meetings and i'm sure you've experienced it at this point is like different meetings just have a completely different vibe a different group of people some feel i'm gonna say better i know it's not better because obviously people find places that they feel the most comfortable right. but for me personally certain meetings feel more comfortable other meetings don't and hopefully the ones that you don't feel so comfortable you can just avoid them and stick to the ones where you do feel more comfortable and that's what <laughs> she's know? done yeah. and that's what she's done and um you know i've basically let her set the tone for where she wants to go and that was great because i was there with her and seeing and hearing and learning everything that she was as well but it was uh it was amazing to me she was developing those opinions and you know it i guess i at first had the mindset that it's an NA meeting it's going to be the same They're no matter where you go it's not well guess what <laughs> Guess what, parents? It's not. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so as as we're getting near time here, I'm just curious, do you have any final thoughts, stuff you thought about since you've been coming, maybe useful things for other family members or things you encountered that you found odd or weren't ready for or helpful? If we were to rewrite no, I that youth in, in, in parents in recovery, right. <laughs> well, what would you put in there that they left out? I was not ready for any of this. So first time... You know, it's it's like being a first-time mom all over again. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't involve diapers. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Right. This time, it does not involve diapers or potty training or anything like that. But the only piece of advice that I would offer is talk to your kids. Talk to them. Get them to open up. And how do you do that? You tell them about yourself. Mm. You know, and, and you make yourself relatable and they'll they'll 
comment here and there on, really? I mean, even my 12-year-old now is asking me all kinds of stuff. She's asking me stuff about, like, ex-boyfriends and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, where are you coming up with this? Okay, we'll go with that. All right, I'll answer. Um, and the biggest thing is I will not lie to my children. I might tell them, let me think about how to answer that and I'll get back to you. Or, you know, this is – you're not at the right age to know about – X, Y, and Z, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll give you a, a, a brief summary, but, you know, we can get into depth of, about this later. <laughs> but, you know, just, just talk to your kids, make yourself relatable. You know, we do stupid stuff all the time, like TikToks with our daughter and just crazy, stupid fun. I mean, I was riding in the car with her and we were stuck in traffic on 95. And, uh, she was actually driving that night, and there it was construction that was holding everything up. It went from three lanes down to one. <laughs> it was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and as a matter of fact, we were coming home from the meeting that we always see you. And uh, she sees these construction workers, and she's like, Mom, can I yell out at them? I was like, well, it depends. <laughs> what are you going to yell? And she said that they're doing a great job. <laughs> I said, sure. So she puts the window down. I mean, we're at a like a dead stop and maybe crawling here and there. And she yells out to him, hey, you guys are doing great. And the guy calls back at her and says, hey, what's up, baby? <laughs> I mean, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. Right. And, you know, if I just... Don't close myself down to stupid fun. Hmm. You know, it's it's being silly and letting them be kids. And I don't know. You, you just, if you block them off in a certain way, they're going to feel blocked all the way around. That's my own personal opinion. You as a therapist, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I just think there's too much pressure from the world for us to be adults before we're ever ready to be adults. So. Right. Oh, yeah. So even as adults, it's fun to act like a kid sometimes. Well, <laughs> oh, my husband's one of the biggest kids. <laughs> and even thinking through about, like, just the idea of whether I would send my kid to a meeting or whatever, right? Like, our meetings are no different than a subgroup of representative of our entire population, right? We are not necessarily terrible people or anything. I talked, uh, I have a 16 year old daughter that works at the Ironbird Stadium, and she's never said anything creepy has happened. But she has alluded to the fact that all the people she encounters at work, whether they people who are coming to the game or people she works with, think she's somewhere between the ages of 19 to 21, which to me says, oh, <laughs> I, <laughs> they're, yeah. they're acknowledging some things, right, that feel yeah. weird to you. And, and she hasn't said any more than that to me, and I don't push for any more than that. But it's mm -hmm. like, I'm willing to let her go to work. Why wouldn't I be willing to let her go to a meeting? You know what I mean? She's encountering the same possible sketchy scenarios anywhere in her life yeah. school anywhere she goes with her friends well, like and that's that was it's everywhere one of the biggest things the school that she attends you would think that an all-girls private catholic school would not be quite as run over with anything they have cameras that don't hit certain areas mm. and guess where the kids go <laughs> right they all know right, right. and uh they, they do they all know where to go to not get busted but in the in the beginning of her recovery and uh, i think you heard this at a meeting 
There were kids that were so obnoxious. Some of these girls, so obnoxious, wanting to see her fall flat on her face, Mm. shoving drugs directly in her face. You know you want some. Wow. That's crazy. So to answer your question, letting her go to a meeting by herself, I let her go to school. And this is what she gets exposed to Mm. at a very prestigious school. So... I I don't know. I I think this has been a really interesting episode. It's not often we get to talk to like a family member that's come around and what they feel about the program. But and it's it's been heartwarming too. Yeah. Oh, good. Beautiful. (laughs) It really is beautiful because I mean I think as parents and me getting older now I realize, but as a parent you think you're supposed to have all the answers and you're supposed to know how to do everything and you're gonna be able to fix all these issues and then you have kids and you're like well, You're flying by nobody the seat told of your me pants. about this. Yeah, you're right. just guessing as you go. <laughs> but what's important and it's almost like you said what the benefit of going to meetings for you is that I acknowledge like, hey, I don't have all the answers. Maybe someone can help me with this or maybe I can mm-hmm. look at some different things and I don't have to raise my kids exactly like I was raised with the same bad parenting shit that I got when I was a kid. Oh, you yeah. know, I can yeah. I can grow and change and and be better and hopefully my kids benefit from that. So that's yeah. really beautiful. A good parent will want to do just about anything they can to help their child and that's where I am. Yeah. This is my life now. <laughs> so <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on NA Mom. It yeah. is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And we really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much for having me. I've actually really enjoyed this. Elena's like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be so cool. When do I get to see it? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> well, and at some point I might like to have her on too to talk oh. about being like a young person coming to meetings. Oh, absolutely. She that would be, be Oh, I know she great. Would have fun she too. would do that in a heartbeat. And so. she's great, but I did worry. I was like, oh, she brings Elena. She'll talk the whole time, and we won't hear you. <laughs> well, and she, she even asked as I, as I was getting and ready to go. She's going. like, yeah. am I not allowed to go? I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah. you're not. And she's like, what do you mean I can't go? Well, no, you can't go because I need to be able to speak freely. Yeah, that's what I wanted to so say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So awesome. you got me solo. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming out, Brooke, and uh, – you know, everybody be well out there and Absolutely. hopefully you learn something. Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us. 